Hello and welcome, citizens of Dark Rose City. You have arrived at episode 40 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E., and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. If you are new to the show, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys with themselves a nice hot cup of coffee, and then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our new comic books that are coming to the local comic shop. The coffee we'll be brewing today is called Bishan Demo, roasted by Hatch Coffee Roaster. And the comics we'll be discussing today are Batman Damn number two, Batman Who Laughs number one, Die number one, Green Lantern number two, and God of War number two. Another pack full of jams for this week as well. If you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on podcast services all around the world. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, let us know how we're doing by hitting up iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. So make sure to tell everyone about this podcast. So before we dive into our comics and a coffee, how's your week been, Victor? Uh, it's been busy, real busy at work. Uh, don't really didn't really have much time to do anything really this week other than uh, hopping back into Dokkan. Cool. I've uh, been trying to collect as many free stones as possible. What's also sad is uh, my computer is no longer working. Well, that sucks. So that's uh, it's a bad thing for me. Uh, which means basically no more Destiny Two for me for a little while until. I get a new one. Not that I was really playing a lot before, but I mean, at least I had the option to play it if I wanted to. And now the option no longer exists for me. So it's been a, it's been a sad week for me. How about you, Cherry? <laughs> How was your week this week? Uh, it's just been nothing but Destiny 2 for me. Wow. Yeah. I spent uh... a lot of time playing that. <laughs> well, yeah. you got that Christmas event going on over there, right? So Yeah, yeah. It's it's going on. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. So uh, I got all... I got almost everything I need from the Christmas event. I just need to grind it out to get more, um, to get more perks on the mm-hmm. things I got. But mm-hmm. for the most mm-hmm. part, I got all the new stuff mm-hmm. from the Christmas event. There's like a new ghost shell that looks like a snowball. Right, that was pretty cool. Um, and then there's like a there's a new vehicle you can get on that um, looks like a sleigh. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, I got all that stuff. So um, right now it's just grinding out even more from the event just to get more perks on them. Right. Um, Right. Another yeah. thing too is, uh, what well, did you? I don't know if you did already, but we have agreed on a date to go see the uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly movie. I actually forgot what date that was. That was it's the twenty twenty first. Twenty first. Twenty first. Yes. Well, I wish it was January second. It couldn't come any sooner. But uh, we're all geared up for that. I think we're all caught up on the Dragon Ball Super anime. Yeah. Finally. Now. Finally. God, after, after, well, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I got caught up a while ago, but yeah. <laughs> well, we were doing gi- the giving you guys a chance, right? So yeah. we're all caught up. There's nothing else to watch or read. So literally, it's just waiting for the movie to come out. And I think after the movie comes out, that's when they'll uh, pivot off and start the new uh, anime series coming out next year, I believe. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, so some, some new exciting news came out for that, but we won't get too much into that today. This is not the... Uh, <laughs> The Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball podcast. podcast. We seem to, we seem to talk about one topic a little too long sometimes. <laughs> but uh, well, I don't know. It I just goes know. to show how passionate we are about our interests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're interesting people outside of comics. Yes, we like other things. We like Dragon Ball and yeah. Destiny and all Dragon things Ball. And <laughs> all things that start with the letter D. You know? <laughs> oh well, so take it easy, buddy. <laughs> Take it easy. Uh, <laughs> We're not trying to expose anybody today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, that's that. So let's go and uh, let's go 
brew out uh, coffee. We'll come back. Talk about some comics. Let's do it. And we're at the comic segment. Comic segment. All right. Nice of you to jump in on that one too. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So in this segment, what we do is we take some of the new books to come out to the local, local comic shop. And we break them down, we dissect them, we discuss them, we analyze them, we talk about it amongst ourselves, and we hope you enjoy our conversation. So this week we have Batman Damn number two, Batman Who Laughs number one, Die number one, Green Lantern number two, God Award number two. It is a very busy week. Busy week. So we're going to try to keep it brief. We don't want to overload you with way too many things, but there are some really good books in here. So uh, we're going to get right into them. Brief and busy. Before... before Before we get into those books, though, Victor, you want to talk to us a little bit about that coffee we'll be having this week? Hash coffee roasters. Toronto, Ontario. I think it's the first coffee we're having from Hatch, actually. Yes. Uh, The coffee is called Bishandimo. It is from Ethiopia in the region of Shakisho Guji. And it was roasted. It was actually roasted a while ago. November 29th so I mean the beans still got some good life to them yeah 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 for sure still got some good life and so far it's I mean the flavors I find are actually a little hard to pinpoint on this one but very smooth yeah very, very smooth. smooth it is very like smooth so drinking far. water almost <laughs> I have a few ideas but uh, we'll, we'll save that for the end maybe that'll change while we're discussing comics I don't know but I'll perhaps, save that for the end perhaps Jerry <laughs> alright so Spoiler warning, because of the way that we'll be talking about some of these books, we are probably going to end up spoiling a lot of the plot um, so that we can actually get deeper into the book. So you've been warned. If you haven't read these books yet, hit up your local comic shop. Make sure you pick up these books, read them first, and then come back and listen to the discussion. Okay, so without further ado, book number one. It's Batman Damned number two. It's written by Brian Azzarello with art by Lee Bermijo. And letters by Jared K. Fletcher. Of a very of complex, <laughs> a, a, a very complex read. Oh, I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying Jared Fletcher of. I was like, of what? Um, <laughs> the, of like, Westeros? Like what, what is this? <laughs> I will say, however, uh, and we we didn't mention this when we covered the first issue. Yeah, uh, it is black label. It is for meant for mature readers. Yes. So just be, be warned, warned I, I guess. I don't know. But if you're here <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you've already read the book, like we said, <laughs> so um, you would have known that by now. But uh, again, this is one of those, um, it's a black label book. It's an oversized book. It's like magazine size book. It's really cool, really unique. And this book though, um, a it, lot, yeah, a it lot is, of uh, things going on. A lot of things happen, but I think it's really looking into the psychosis of of Batman. Yes. And I I'm starting to see I'm starting to get the idea of where they're going with this book. Um mainly because they they hint at it from the very get-go that in this book you're going to be looking at and he was talking to um Constantine about it as well, right? Mm-hmm. He's like you know, I'm not looking for psychoanalysis. And um but from the very get-go the theme they give us is what is it that we all have in common? What is it that we all give to each other? Yeah. And the one thing that's that that is a commonality between everyone is pain, right? But that commonality that everyone experiences experiencing it alone, right? So it's not so much something that you do as a group, but it is something that everybody goes through, right? And that's 
that for me, I think outlines what he's trying to say in this entire book. Um, and at one point, it, it's hinted. Sorry, just gonna cap this out real quick. I, it's hinted that Batman is in denial, and that's sort of hinted from the very start of this book. And I think you see that sort of peel back mm-hmm. a bit and a bit throughout the entire issue. He's very much in denial. Yeah. Very yeah. much uh, <laughs> does not agree with the fact that Joker may actually just be gone. Right? But be gone from him yeah. as well. Yeah. Right? Um, it's funny because when we think about the dynamic between Joker and Batman, you know, Joker is always the one that says there is no... There is no me without you. Yeah. And the other way around. And Batman, you know, never really agreed with it. Um, But we really sort of... We're really seeing it come to light. Especially in this particular issue. When he's just really... He's really going out of his way to try try and find him. Um, Which he thought he did at some point. But he didn't. Mm -hmm. But we'll get more into that later. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, so right from the very beginning, I think what I was... On first read, I will say, on first read, some of the things stuck out a little bit and not in like not in like an obvious, enjoyable, like, aha way, but it was like, it just stuck out like a sore thumb. And But on rereading it, I, I think I've caught it. He He's talking about the idea of speaking proverbial lies mm-hmm. and in this book there were many instances throughout the book that were basically proverbs but there were provo- pro- proverbial phrases which is slightly different from a proverb in in a sense that in a proverb it's just it's just that common text that sort of like go-to text that people say yeah right uh, for example on that first page uh, what don't kill us makes us stronger right that's like a common phrase mm-hmm He's talking here about a proverbial lie, which it allows for, like a proverbial phrase allows for alterations so that it fits fits the context better. Um, and here, right from the very first, right from the very first page, he's talking about what don't kill us eats us alive, mm-hmm. and it's fitting his context of what he's the story he's trying to tell yeah so throughout the book you actually get quite a bit of examples of that mm-hmm. and it's a lot of the things that are going on either in his head or in, in Constantine's narration yeah. that he's telling all of that all those proverbial phrases right <clears throat> and I think ultimately that's he's saying it as a way that it's Batman's way to deal with pain mm-hmm. right <clears throat> to deal with pain and to deal with loss um, because we also get those glimpses of Batman uh, when he was younger and his sort of first encounter with a gun mm-hmm. and why he's so against using guns mm-hmm. later on, right? Because he, he, he noticed that he went down the dark path right from, you know, from sadness to madness to badness, yeah. you know, that he has decided that's not the path he wants to go down on anymore, mm-hmm. right? So... That's why he's so against guns, I think, in this world for Batman. And yeah. I think it, for Batman in general. But this is a very specific take of why he is against guns, mm-hmm. right? So you you see all these different things about Batman. And all the proverbial phrases, I feel, are sort of ways to illustrate that he is, in fact, in denial 
and he knows what happened right but he's blocking it all out mm -hmm. and he's saying all of these things to make it seem like he's looking for the truth when in fact he kind of already knows what happened mm -hmm. right so that that's kind of what i'm getting out of this issue it's it's <clears throat> it's good that you mentioned that because the that proverbial line that you mentioned just now uh what doesn't kill us eats us alive that's pretty much the theme of this issue mm -hmm. when you really think about it um uh, when you when you read the whole issue and then you look back at it um uh from start to finish as a whole <clears throat> you can tell that um like that really does apply to batman in this issue mm -hmm. right and it also applies to uh harley as well right like both of those characters are suffering some immeasurable level of pain at some point right mm -hmm. um and i think it really really shows in this issue and so I, again it's, i'm glad that you you brought that up because i don't think i would have made that connection <laughs> until you just said it so <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of them they just sound like puns yeah and i i noticed there was a few of them throughout the book and it gets and it gets more and more punny mm -hmm. I guess but that's like your thing that's like my thing yeah. <laughs> so like it never I never like caught on to it like I kind of did at the end of the issue where it was just like whoa mm -hmm. like that hit me hard with it yeah. and I was like there's gotta be something with this like why why use that type of language in this book when it wasn't that prevalent in the first book yeah you know I gotta go back to that first book yeah. and see if I can you know start finding some of those littered around mm -hmm. in the book but like I, I didn't think it was that prevalent right mm -hmm. so in here we're really we're really looking at this sort of denial sort of at full display there's the one here he um he's talking about where's this now just right after the um the, the scene with um with the gun and his mom and he was saying, you know, sad man, bad man, uh, mad man, and bad. And he stopped it. And he says, no, we have to stay with mad. Because I think he knows that if he goes down that path again, he's going to realize the truth. Mm -hmm. Right? So he can't go down that that path anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so then he, he then says, focus on the task at fist. Yeah. <laughs> which it is very much in context with what he's doing at that moment right he's going mm. in to try to find answers and he's probably going to go in fist blazing yeah right so he's saying focus on the task at fist and right away you 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 know that's a way for him to distract himself of what he's really needs to do or needs to realize right right because i think everyone around him ultimately tells him like you know like just admit it mm -hmm. like there was a guy in the fire <laughs> where mm -hmm. it's just like just admit to it you know what you did mm -hmm. right um but it seems like it seems like he finally went down a path and did something that he knows he couldn't dig himself out of so he's yeah. finding all these ways to justify his being and his existence mm -hmm. in a sense that he would never go and do something like that but he did but he did <clears throat> supposedly supposedly yeah. so <laughs> my theory is that by the third book we're going to see something that the joker did that angered him that made him use a gun and put him down yes and i think that's what triggered this entire thing through denial mm -hmm. is that he's going through all these different stages from from his past mm -hmm. to try to justify 
what he's what he's you know become throughout history yeah. that he wouldn't end up doing something like that mm-hmm. right he's trying to justify that to himself but ultimately yeah. he ended up pulling the trigger mm-hmm. yeah. um, I'm not sure if you caught the uh, they did do a killing joke reference at the end of the uh, issue yes you, you caught that right <laughs> yeah. yeah it was when I read it, I was like, that was the one thing that stood out to me the most. <laughs> Ironically, it had nothing to do with the issue. I was reading, I was like, oh, that's a nice reference. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they they made a little nod to it. Uh, my biggest thing was but that also, the demon. It also does relate to the point that you just made, mm-hmm. right? Because he's just, we don't know what happened to the Joker. We really don't, mm-hmm. right? And I think that, that the ending of killing joke being sort of referenced in, in in this issue with Harley I think it's a good good way of uh I guess indicating that to us mm-hmm. right as uh, not as not only as readers but indicating that I guess to the surroundings of Gotham as well because yes. I don't think anybody else other than Batman supposedly really knows what happened. What happened to Joker? Mm-hmm. Right. So, anyways, that was my little <laughs> offside spiel. No, but it's it is interesting though because I think they they are tackling very similar things. Yeah. Right. So, I wouldn't be surprised if that gets brought up again in the third issue. Third issue, I feel like third issue is going to be really dark. That's going to be that's really going to be the one. Yeah. That's going to be the one. Did you know Alan Moore actually didn't like the Killing Joke? Yes. He said it was one of his least liked pieces that he did. Yeah, it's one of his most successful, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. just ironic. <laughs> it's because <laughs> I think for a killing joke, it's you have to let it marinate with time. Yeah. And the more people can get their opinions and analysis on it, the mm-hmm. more you're going to get out of a piece of literature. Yeah. And I think it goes beyond especially for for a lot, of, yeah, for a lot of literature, like written pieces or comic books or stuff like that, you you don't get a lot of the references until later on, and a lot of that may not be even planned or intended from the start, mm-hmm. right? A lot of that could be just a reflection of society at the time, mm-hmm. but if you're not from that time, you wouldn't know, right? Right. So if you're if you're looking at it from a lens from decades later, then you now look at it from a fresh, different perspective, mm-hmm. and you're like. It is now referencing something yeah. that you may not have seen from from so far away. Yeah. So I think a lot of literature does need time to progress, does need time to to sort of evolve and become sort of this transcendent piece of literature. Yeah. And the Killing Joke really has become that. Yeah. You know, in in all sorts of mediums, like not just in comics. Like, well, you know, okay, the animated movie was so great, but like, it, it has okay. it has become yeah. more than what I think it was intended to be at the time. Yeah. Killing so. Joke is like, is almost more than 30 years old now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it has been it's, a while. It's, it's well marinated. <laughs> <laughs> it has marinated. Yeah. Um, there was, oh, there was one I wanted to, to call out at the end that it was just like, it, it was pretty, f- oh yeah. <laughs> In the sky, it's a bird, it's a pain. It's a pain. Yeah. And then, <laughs> That I think that's what because it's a, it, it's a bird is such an iconic thing to say, or an iconic thing in comics mm-hmm. that 
followed by anything else was it's gonna trigger you right away like you're just like oh that doesn't seem right yeah so when they made that reference it was like I think that's what really triggered me to go back to the front and be like there's got there's got to be a reason why they're speaking this way mm-hmm. um, so that's I think it's really clever that they put that in. And it does take a few reads to really get to it. Yeah. You know? I think uh, I think after today's recording, it, it, it's probably, at least within my best interest, to read issues one and two again. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like back to back. And then that way, I think that'll give me at least a, a fuller vision of of what uh, Azarello is trying to accomplish here, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it's it's one of those books, right? Like I'm not a very I'm not a very good abstract reader. I'm just not. Uh, <laughs> plain and simple. No, you take it easy uh, on yourself. So <laughs> I don't want to admit it, but <laughs> but um, it's certainly a book that once you get it, it's like it really clicks in, and it's and it's. Uh, and it's a great piece of writing but again it's you know writing has more than one way to marinate itself right so i think um batman damned both issues is 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 that case for me Mm -hmm. so gonna have to let it soak in the sauce for a little longer (laughs) and then just go from there i suppose (laughs) (laughs) one last one i want to call out yeah this one is just this this one made me chuckle. Hello, Dark Knight, my old friend. Yeah, I was like, oh man, <laughs> there's gotta be. It's gotta be something. It's gotta be something. So there's got there's for sure there's a reason for it. Yeah, I think yeah. as of now though, the the reason for sure hasn't ever been mentioned or made clear. Mm-hmm. I think it's and it's only because we're just we're just reading what Constantine is saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there again, there's. There's no context for for what he's saying, and he mentions that in the first issue, mm-hmm. right? So, see yeah. where it goes from there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's go ahead and wrap that up. Let's go to our second book, Batman Who Laughs, number one. It's written by Scott Snyder, with art by Jock, colors by David Barron, and letters by Sal Cipiano. Did you see Cipriano. that uh, Greg Capullo variant cover? I have it. I bought yeah, that. So it's amazing. I bought that one. Yeah, it's so good. It's. Oh. Greg Capullo, man. <laughs> I, I love it because it uses it's it's such a it's such a great use of negative space. Yeah. And the thing is, like, the Batman Who Laughs is such a it's as right up his alley. That kind of character that you yeah. would expect him to draw. Yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. Um well anyways, enough fanboying. Uh <laughs> not didn't go the way that I was expecting expecting it to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it just seems like it's completely out of canon. Yes. Right. Like it, they they hyped it up in uh, Justice League issue thirteen. The one we covered last week was thirteen. Right. Was that thirteen? I think it was thirteen. I guess so. Uh, we covered so many books. Uh, <laughs> they hyped it up. I can find out for you right now. I have to schedule up. But you keep going. Yeah. They hyped it up in in the last issue of uh, Justice League. Thirteen. Thirteen. See, my memory's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> they hyped it up in, in issue 13, and they made it seem like it was going to... His story was going to offshoot from the Justice League timeline that we're currently in right now. But it it just seems completely out of whack. Like, it just, like it's almost as if this is a completely 
different story. Mm-hmm. Like, because a number of things. Number one, Joker was supposedly in jail. Yeah. Which we know off of Justice League, he wasn't. He just gassed up a, comp- a bunch of people and left. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Batman is, you know, perusing around the city, trying to look for him when he's just coming off of the Drowned Earth event. Yes. Right? Yeah. So a lot of it doesn't make sense in the context of what DC was trying to make it out to be. Or what had just transpired. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, however, the only way I can see it working is if all of this happened prior to... Him making his way into uh, like the no. current Justice League timeline. Yeah, like... like like right off of uh, metal, I I could see that happening. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, right off of metal, I could see that happening. But again, Joker wasn't in jail off of metal either. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. because he was fighting him. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I I'm sort of taking it as like a standalone issue mm-hmm. that really has nothing to do with anything. Uh, and if you look at it from that way, it's an amazing issue. I think. Yeah. It's. I think it's happening in in a different universe than the okay. one we're in. Right. Because it's because in this universe you you're also still getting So I mean because in this issue at the end Batman, you know, well Joker offs himself yeah. and then infects Batman infects again. Batman, yeah. So it's the same origin. Like yeah. you're getting the same origin. So what if this is the origin story? And the idea they're trying to tell is that the cycle never ends with him. Hmm. And that he is... There's always going to be a Batman who There's always going to be a Batman who laughs because he is kind of now a force of nature. Yeah. Right? So this could be happening in an alternate reality or alternate universe where it's just, it's just this happening again and again and again. Yeah. Right? Another thing could be even though they're, even though it's being published during this big Batman Who Laughs sort of push in the DCU yeah. right now, it could be that. I I feel like it could be. In the future, when people decide to pick up this trade, mm-hmm. or decide to pick up these issues, like let's just say like a year, two years down the line, they're not burdened with continuity issues, right? So if they just pick up this trade and they're like, oh, Batman Who Laughs, that's kind of a cool idea. They'll they'll be reading it sort of like an Elseworld story. They wouldn't be reading it and it wouldn't be referenced in the book saying, go read Justice League, go read you know, Dark Knight's Metal, go read this and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it sort of protects itself that way. That instead of saying, let's use this six issues to elaborate more on what's happening in the main story... They'll just let Justice League take care of that. Yeah. Right? And then this, this is, is this just... This is a Batman who laughs story. Exactly. Yeah. It's his own story. Mm-hmm. And then it'll just sort of stand on its own years down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is actually better. Yeah. I feel like. And, yeah. and it's just weird that it's being published now. Like the Batman who laughs... And again, this is a big credit to Scott Snyder. Um, is just such a... Like this is probably the biggest new character to come out in a very long time Mm -hmm. and again just like you said for them to write this six issue uh story the way that they they did uh that they did 
again, uh, like you said, it does protect his lore a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it it's it's a huge topic of conversation, uh, mm-hmm. especially this issue, right? Like because when Batman goes to try and find the Batman who laughs, this is not a this is a Batman that's not from the Dark Multiverse. This is him from the actual multiverse, right? Whether it's Prime Earth Batman, I mean, it's probably not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which begs the question, like, is it like a Batman who laughs just keep, do they keep killing each other? <laughs> and then they just keep spawning a new one? Like, is a lot of questions here. Yeah. A lot of questions because now we're looking at a Batman who laughs versus a Batman who laughs situation now. Yeah. Right. And then when Joker did that, I was like, you're, you're a psycho. Like, <laughs> like out of everything that he's ever done, that was the one thing he did. I was like, you're a psycho, man. <laughs> <laughs> like he wants to beat the Batman who laughs so bad that he sees him to be such a threat that he was willing to off himself to give Batman that power. Mm-hmm to kill the other Batman who laughs. And that's the thing. I think it's... I think Joker is now understanding that his personal existence isn't... isn't important if he can pass on his psychosis. Yeah. Right? So, it's it's not that he has to survive this event. Like, it's not that he has to survive the assault. Yeah. He just has to... He just has to let it go to batman and let batman carry his mentality yeah right because all joker really is now i feel like it's an idea it's an idea yeah so he's just letting the idea live yeah right and as long as the idea lives that's fine yeah it's funny because (laughs) when joker comes out of the water and he points a gun at batman batman goes what are you doing we should be working together and it's like well you you will be (laughs) in a second you will be (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, you know what? I want to call that out real quick. Um, there, there's there's some things in some in these issues that we're covering today where it's just like I kind of just gotta call it out a little bit. Yeah. Batman is there. He's standing there, and he's with uh, he's with Alfred. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Alfred, uh, what what did he say? Uh, drop like the the waterway security or something. Yeah. And he's like, oh, just do it. And then he's like, okay, fine. It's done. It's done. Wait. Is there someone already down there? No, don't tell me it's him. Who's there? Yeah. And then Batman's standing there. And then Joker is like, uh, I'm supposed to say knock, knock first. Next panel, Batman is sitting on the chair like he's King like, yeah, he's like King Joffrey. Yeah. Like he's just like. <laughs> it's like, why are, you, why are why? you sitting like that? It's like, what, dude, why are you sitting like what that? What purpose does that serve? It's like he was on the, it's like he was, uh, like he was uh, on the chair again. From uh, on the Mobius chair, on the Mobius chair, the Mo- yeah, yeah, and I was like, "That's like New Fifty Two Batman." <laughs> <laughs> I just, I didn't expect to see that panel, um, especially because okay, Batman comes gliding in, yells at Alfred, stands there and looks at the water, and then at which moment in time he decided, "Let me go relax on the yeah. chair," <laughs> and then he goes and relaxes on the chair, and then Joker comes out, and then he immediately points a gun at Alfred, and now. Batman can no longer relax. He has to get up from the chair. Wouldn't have served your better, uh, purpose better if you were just standing the whole time. Fair enough, yeah. But instead, he goes and sits down. I think and it's like, Whoa, wait, I, wait, wait. I think it's just because he knew <laughs> exactly what Joker's intentions were 
for the most part. Yeah. So then he decided to sit down. Yeah. To make was, it harder to you, get up to stop the bullet. No, because he was just like he's not going to hurt us, right? Because he, I think he knew that Joker <laughs> needed them, but I was just like, yeah. But again, it was weird. Like just just stand bro like <laughs> like you're about to talk to somebody just stand <laughs> yeah like him, him when, sitting there was when weird. have you ever seen batman sit down other than when he was in the chair <laughs> well that's the thing the mobius chair or if he's at the back computer but yeah. for the most part or, he's standing there all, all all of uh all of just sleep when he was in his body cast <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true yeah um now uh the batman insurance policy being called dark knight returns you can't tell me <laughs> that that wasn't smart that was so smart <laughs> when i read so it i was smart. like that's his yeah. genius yeah it's like yeah i think it's called dark knight returns i'm like <laughs> <laughs> this is genius <laughs> <laughs> because it really is an insurance policy for that yeah. <laughs> print that book get money <laughs> and yeah, it's ah, oh, yeah. i'm certainly excited for issue two because now we're looking at a three-way battle right because you know that another joker is probably going to come back at some point yes right so um well now we're looking at two batman who laughs and a joker that a potential joker that could enter the scene like a new player uh, and then that and then just like a double dose of crazy he oh, offs I, himself again yeah joker's like, i can't deal with this <laughs> he's just he's just powering up batman <laughs> yeah <laughs> take more of my <laughs> take more of my craziness <laughs> and it's just brighter red lipstick yeah <laughs> every time I, i'm curious to see if this batman will turn out a little bit different though because um the way that the first batman who laughs became the batman who laughs was pretty crazy right mm-hmm. like he was forced to kill joker it was from that, anger yeah yeah and this one he was it was unexpected he wasn't expecting joker to off himself mm-hmm. right so a lot of a lot of his morality um, was intact mm-hmm. uh, before Joker offed himself. Whereas the initial Batman who laughs, like he he broke the code. Right? Yeah, he killed the joke. He broke the code, right? So I'm kind of curious to see if uh, if this Batman who laughs is, will turn out slightly different. I'm expecting that he probably won't. Um, but it would be good to see, right? Some interesting character development between the two uh, Batman who laughs. It could be, yeah, it could be that they they might be talking about how circumstances could shape the way Batman who laughs come out to be. Yeah. It also could be an idea where no matter what situation you're put into, you're going to come out the same way. Yeah. With this sort of combination, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that'll be really interesting to see for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Issue two is gonna. I think it's gonna answer a lot of questions. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and I and I hope it does. Yeah, it needs to. <laughs> <laughs> because right now this is a completely different Elseworlds story. Yeah, and yeah. Nice <laughs> imagine next. Imagine next issue, a third Batman who laughs. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Royal Rumble at the end. <laughs> <laughs> they enter the octagon. Dana White sitting in the corner. <laughs> The two Batman who laughs go at it, but at somehow a third one shows up in a one-on-one fight. <laughs> Bruce Buffer shows up. <laughs> Bruce Buffer's Alfred. <laughs> Joe Rogan's in the corner. <laughs> All right. How did this, this end up here? <laughs> as 
as Jock's drawing it out, he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. This seems odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and let's uh, let's move on to book number three. And that's Die Number One. This is a book that released the previous week. And it's uh, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Stephanie Hans, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Very good book. Oh, very good. Very good book. Normally, like, when you suggest something and you really like it, I go, oh, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but, because uh, <laughs> you were, you were pretty high on this book when we, uh, when we read, read it on the previews. <laughs> so, <laughs> listen, man, just take it easy. Just start, just breathe. Have a, have a couple of sips of coffee. You're, 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 <laughs> yeah, actually just sip in the coffee. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be fine. Um, have you read Sweet Tooth yet? I haven't. I haven't had a chance. My goodness. But um, this book, though, like the, it ex- it's exactly as it described itself. It's it's a goth Jumanji. Yes. Right. However, uh, the way they go about it is very unique. Um, I, I like how he said that it wasn't some like off-brand D and D story off the shelf. Mm-hmm. But then when he pulled the dice, I'm like, it's kind of like an off-brand D and D story <laughs> off like, the oh, shelf. It is. Um, but the the way that the story unfolds, the way that they tell it, the way they set it up in the first couple of pages was really good. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're on track to create a very uh, engaging universe for the readers. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters I I think are super relatable. Um, and it's a story that I think is going to keep me coming back. I think so. Just because I mean I like Jumanji so much. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't stop watching it back then. Yeah, it was just constantly on yeah. repeat. Even this new one, like it's I have not watched. It's anymore. pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I think I mean other than Nick Jonas being there for no reason, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty good. I think you'll like it. All right, I, think okay. you should, I mean whatever. It's on. I'll check it if out. it's on Netflix, just check. Oh it out. then yeah, for sure. Yeah, just watch it. Right. Yeah. If it's on Netflix, it'll just get played. Yeah. But. I, yeah, I think the way that this book sets it up is really interesting. I think that they they get right into it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they get right into it. They're at the party and they're doing this thing right now. I will say, I think the way that it unfolds is interesting. I think that there's that moment of suspense at the end where you know he finished giving out everybody's die. Yeah, right. And it's cool in the sense that you already sort of have you're already building a connection to a lot of these guys because they're all given an individual die. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you know that those that specific die is going to come into a pretty significant role because right. he even goes on to kind of explain why each person's given a certain die, mm-hmm. right? So it's almost taking on a personality for them, like an avatar yeah. for them, right? Mm-hmm. So... They then go and, you know, they start the game. And then it says two hours later, um, the mom shows up and it just like looks and it's just like they're gone. Yeah. Right. And then two years later, um, they're down, they're on the road. They come back. A bunch of things look like that's happened to these kids. Um, and it's, they can't say, they can't talk about the situation. Yeah. Right. Um, and then it flashes right into 25 years later. Yeah, they're like 40 years old. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, it's cool the way they've set it up. You know, some of these guys just can't move on from their life. Some of these guys t- completely moved on. and then, I, Most of them moved on. 
Like they just like they can't talk yeah. about it. They're still traumatized by it, but all of them have looks like they're living some like pretty successful some lives. Some sort of Well, I guess so. Like it's not like like they all have houses, they all have families. It's not like I mean again, like other than Solomon, I believe was his name, right? Yeah. The the game master. Yeah. Other than Solomon, like I mean, they all lived a pretty healthy life up until that point of up until that point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It just it feels like I, I guess because they targeted that character first. Uh, um, the brother. The brother. Uh, yeah. Um, his name is uh, the, the guy. The guy. You know, it's it's only because it, it, again, like because it's a, a new world and a new a new story. It's gonna take us a little while to memorize the names of the characters. Yes. Uh, he Dominic. also Dominic. He also went by like two different names. Yeah, Dom. We'll call him Dom. 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 <laughs> From Fast so, and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, what am I even doing? It says right there, "Happy birthday, Dominic." Should have known his name. Dom and on Angela. The page Angela is his sister. Angela, that's right. I think it's because they focused in on Dom right away. Yeah, and Dom just like, didn't look happy. <laughs> yeah, it looked like he was just—he looked like the same person. He just yeah. didn't move on. Yeah, but it looks like he has, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, because he's married, right? Yeah, let's. Yeah, that's his wife. Yeah. So, so then it's. I just it felt kind of weird in this particular sense because right the next page Solomon's mom shows up yes right and mm-hmm. is like tell me what happened mm-hmm. and Dom's like I can't say anything so like, mm-hmm. tell me what's like you're telling me this charade went on for 25 years went on for 25 years and he hasn't moved yeah. like you're telling me this has happened for 25 years and nothing has been done about it so it took me it caught me off guard because I felt like five years is more. Five years is believable. Ten years is believable. Twenty-five years, which which makes me wonder, like, what happened that you have to keep this quiet for the rest of your life? Because they obviously weren't planning on going back. No, no, they weren't. So it's just like, what happened that you just can't say anything for the rest of your life? You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that. Just that's what's intriguing me the most because it's not like. It's not like anybody is like, all right, let's see who can keep this quiet the longest sort of thing, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's yeah. not a game to these guys. Like, yeah. it, like some some stuff went down and and it really messed them up. Yeah, like they really couldn't. So it's just like talk about it like, all. What, what happened, right? Yeah. Uh, because as soon as they hop back into the world, they were talking about it freely. Yeah, right. So so it's August, almost like something that is preventing them from saying, like a physical thing that's preventing them. Yeah, from saying. yeah, exactly. Um, like a mental block, I guess. So, I mean, the, again, I mean, there's a lot going on in this issue, but you could make sense of all of it. Oh no, for sure. Which is why, for which sure. is what I enjoyed about it the most. Um, the the one thing that I was really curious about was in the beginning of the issue when everybody was making their characters, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, of course, here you can have this die, Yora, whatever." Yeah. Right. I'm just like. How long were you working on this game for? <laughs> that that anybody can create anything. You're just like, absolutely, you're this character now. You're this kind of character. Like he created a very rich world. Yeah. Before this issue even started. <laughs> so um I'm actually really excited now because I'm assuming that a lot of that richness, the uh the the writers already thought about it right the world's already developed mm-hmm. so i'm i'm very excited to see 
Oh no, I'm I'm excited how, at all. Yeah, I'm like, very excited. How in depth this is at this point? Yeah, I, I'm very excited for sure for this book. But it there were some parts that just didn't make sense at all because elaborate. I I think it's just because I'm still hung up on the fact that it's 25 years later. Just let it go, man. Because that's <clears throat> to a lot of. And especially teenagers, like twenty five years, that's like a lifetime later, right? It's literally like a it, whole lifetime. It's later. a whole lifetime later because yeah. they've lived up to their teens, right? Yeah. So they've literally doubled their <clears throat> lifetime plus more. Yeah, and it's like you go twenty five years later. The mom's still bugging about where they are, and they haven't done anything about it. So they haven't like moved from their location, and then they 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 go and they gather together. And it's like they're they're having this party and then they they get sucked right back into the world. And it's like they haven't missed a beat. Well, at the same time, like... So, like, I I don't know. It just felt like they... I don't know. It's hard to explain. I feel like it went really fast in this issue. And and I felt like it could have been plotted out in two. and And I think that was the point. Like, I think the point is not for us to get all of the answers immediately. Some of it... You know, inevitably, it just isn't going to make sense to us uh, because I think it's it's designed for it to make sense for us later. You know what I mean? Uh, again, like something crazy must have happened for them to not say anything for the past twenty five years. So I think once that reveal is given to us, or we theorize about it, then it's just like okay, then that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think at this point, it's just not meant or designed for us for it to make sense for us at the moment so that as readers it keeps us coming back for a bit more of that story right yeah okay i I see what you mean yeah you know what i mean like a lot of movies start off that way yeah right you're probably wondering how i ended up here well here's the story right so it's, yeah. it's kind of no, like no, no. that right that that part is fine like i'm not expecting answers right away yeah i just felt like they got back into the world really quick like i would have thought that would be a second issue thing second third issue thing instead they they had the party go into the world um have that flash forward thing happen get together at, a par- at another different party yeah Try it again, back in the world, meet up back with Solomon again, seize him. Yeah. And it's like, this is issue one. I don't know. I mean, that's- it's it's fast. And I just, I felt like the 25 year flash forward would have more of an impact on me if they didn't return to this world right away. Because I felt like nothing has changed. Yeah. And truthfully, probably nothing has for them. Right? Like they've moved on with their lives. Like, you know, they've, They've gone and, you know, had started careers, had mm-hmm. families, whatever. But when you really look into the characters, nothing has changed for these characters. Right? Like like the the Dom's face says it all. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Like it like it's haunted him for twenty five years. Mm-hmm. So really nothing has changed for him for twenty five years other than like life for him is just was I think to me it seems like he's just going through the motions. Yes. Right? But he's his mind is still very caught. In that in that moment, twenty five years ago. Mm-hmm. So truthfully, yeah, probably nothing has changed for these guys, right? Other than um, oh shoot, what's his name? 
Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, other than Chuck, the guy, the guy is living his life, but yeah. <laughs> living his life to the fullest. Um, but uh, yeah, it just seems to me like they've hopped back into the world, and then it's designed for us to go. Well, what? Like, what happened? Yeah. Right. And then yeah, I yeah. think I think we'll be told. Um, the full story over the course of the next I would say four or five issues yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah and then at that point I believe that's when like the actual arc of the story is is, is going to start reaching its peak mm-hmm. right because yeah. the, a, a lot of reveals were given to us this issue too surprisingly that's what that was yeah. my biggest surprise was um, at the end when Solomon comes back it, yeah. after they've jumped hopped back into the world and he's got like the two D20s in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, like this is really out there. <laughs> but it makes sense. Yeah. And and then I'm just wondering, well, what happened to this guy now? Mm-hmm. That they've hopped back in and he's not letting them leave. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you like this world must have twisted you beyond like beyond anything. So. Well, because I think eventually we're going to end up with with realizations that a lot of these guys lived a better life in here, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's most likely the case with Solomon. Yeah. Right? So that's probably why he doesn't want them to leave. That's mm-hmm. what. That's probably why maybe he made a choice that would have made them all stay. And then right. these guys said, no, we got to go. And mm-hmm. then they left them behind. Yeah. Again, and like so. there's there's a lot to theorize now. Right, yeah. and again, that's why I think they wrote it the way that they did, right? Even though, yeah, the pace was really fast, we're still talking about it. Yeah, right? no, the yeah, like I don't want to make it sound like I'm hating on the book. No, of course. I mean, you're. I not. just think, yeah, like I just think, if this, <laughs> we're gonna go back to like the whole uh, miniseries thing that yeah. we always talk about, right? Yeah, the pacing for this for me makes a lot more sense as a miniseries. Mm-hmm. Right, but this is an ongoing. It's an ongoing, yeah. So it's like, take your time. Like, don't worry. You don't got. You don't have to go through that entire motion so quickly. You know? I, I think, but it does that, make for a very entertaining first issue. Yeah, and I think, I think that was the point. Right? Yeah. like it's supposed to be entertaining first issue. That's what's going to keep us coming back. Like, remember when we read the first issue, Cold Spots? We were just like, eh. It was just eh. Oh, because we knew that was a miniseries, and it's like, well, if this is a miniseries, where are they going with this? Right, but I mean, just like, just when you think about books in that context, like, is I think the first issue is so important in terms of making that impression, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they really tried to do with this one was really drive drive that impression through to the readers. And then, if they choose to, they can slow down the pace a little bit from here here on out. Because I mean, if there's any time to slow it down, it would be from issue two moving forward. Because mm-hmm. now we're at we're literally at the bulk of the story now after the first yeah. issue so if yeah. they want to take their time now then that makes sense yeah that's think, true think of it as a I mean you would know more than me because you're you have more extensive experience with this I'll try and keep this quick uh, but D&D for example right how quickly did you guys just want to get through that intro part yeah you know what I mean yeah I guess so you're like all the boring like oh this is how this works this is how that works this is what your character can do. This is what your character can do, right? Like you, you just wanted to get through that part, and then enjoy the bulk of your uh, campaign from there, mm-hmm. right? Because, uh, refresh my memory on this: when you guys started D anD D, the campaign you guys are on right now, how long did that intro campaign last? 
I don't recall. Yeah. I don't recall because I, we joined in the f- like a month or so after. Right. Yeah. So that, the intro was more or less already done with that almost. point. Yeah. It was almost so a month. Yeah. And you guys have had this campaign going on for well over a year now, right? Yeah. Like closing in on two. Closing on two. So the intro was almost done at a month, but your main campaign's been going on for two years. Yeah. Right? So when you think about it in that context, it's sort of similar with the storytelling. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So no, no, that, that makes sense. Like I, I know what you're saying. It makes a lot of sense. The normal me, normal Jerry. <laughs> normal Jerry. <laughs> normal Jerry will be like, no, get to let's get to the meat of the story. Let's crank down on what's really happening and then and then develop the mystery then, right? I think it's I think it's almost because I I the world building got me right away. Yeah. That I was like, I wish they could have stayed there a little longer. They could have stayed on the flash forward a little longer mm-hmm. before they hop back into the world. Yeah. Because I'm interested to see where these characters are traumatized 25 years later. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing, though. I right. think they... So that, that's still going to develop. That's for sure. Yeah. I just feel like some of those characters jump right back into the world and it's like they're right back in it, right? Yeah. They're right back in the saddle. So for me, I wanted to see more about how it changed their lives. Yeah. Which... It's it's obviously is still to come. Yeah. But normal Jerry would have been okay. This Jerry, who's actually pretty invested in this world right from the get go, yeah. wish they could have stayed there a little. Longer. I think they, for me, they gave me just enough. Mm-hmm. They gave me just enough for for me to understand the story. Like, again, like they they told us a little bit about what was going on with each character, uh, post the post me uh, uh pre meeting. Mm-hmm. Right, so we know that Angela is a coder. We know that Isabella is a teacher for English literature. Uh, Chuck is a movie developer or a, a writer or whatever. Right, mm-hmm. like they gave us just enough of of each character. Where if they hopped back in, I I I, I know them enough. Mm-hmm. I know them enough where I'm invested enough to continue on with the rest of the story, and then I can invest myself more from there on out. Right, for them to really get into that much detail about each character, like for what you're suggesting, would at least take three that's issues. A, that's an arc. It would take yeah, three, or four, three or four issues, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, I, that it's not their intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, the intention is for us to get to know the characters as we, as go, we go along, yeah. and, and it's just it's just that kind of a story, mm-hmm. right? Um, I like it that way. You may not. Um, but if you know, that's the beauty of comic Nor- books. Right? Normal, <laughs> normal Jerry would agree with you 100. percent Yeah, normal Jerry likes that better. Yeah, like get to the meat and then let's peel back the layers. Yeah, I think it's because this Jerry really likes this world. Yeah, this Jerry wanted to stay in that moment and a little. You know, you, this, you know, this Jerry is gonna get a lot of those moments though. Can yeah, be, no, for it, sure. Because it's an ongoing. Yeah, right? like sure, you're not limited sure. to. But um, what you can get. Yeah. But I'm actually really excited for the series. Oh, me too. I'm Absolutely. Really yeah. 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 This is one of the like we've been talking about this book for like more than 15 minutes now. So, uh, oh yeah, this is one of those books where it's just like it's really, oh, we are. it's really captivating. We are way into the episode <laughs> <laughs> that we thought we would be at this point. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. Which is fine. No, like, and that's yeah. That's the beauty of like something like this right? yeah. where it just it captivates you right away. So because I mean, truthfully, the next two books there isn't really much to talk about. So <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna spend some time on any book. It's gonna be this one. And yeah, you know, yeah, we, yeah. we we always spend a lot of time on the Batman books anyway. So yeah, yeah. For like sure. it, we we always account for that for the most yeah. part. 
Well, especially with something as complex as Batman. Uh, damned. Right? Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. Like, that book we were talking about for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Batman and Love will last for another 15. Right. So. And in this one for like the past three hours. So. Three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go ahead and move on to our next book. Um, Green Lantern number two. It's also another book that released the previous week. So we moved it on to this week because it was so jam-packed. Just packs of jam. So many. Uh, <laughs> so the, this book, Green Lantern number two, is written by Grant Morrison, art by Liam Sharp, and colors by Steve Olaf, letters by Tom Orzachowski. Uh, this book was confusing. Very. Uh, I had no idea. Because w- coming off of the first issue, I thought they would really try and dive into this uh alternate universe lanterns idea mm-hmm. right um i i thought they were going to go into more of the lore for that and then really try and expand the story of the comic from there mm-hmm. uh, as it pertains to hal jordan and the green lantern corpse right um but then they went into uh evil star <laughs> yeah and i was just like we're okay why is he here how did we get to this point and why are we being introduced to a volcano lantern now (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it just a lot of it just it it's almost like this is a first issue you know what i mean as Mm -hmm. opposed to a second um and it, it just caught me off guard quite a bit Right. That's I think that's the mind of Grant Morrison though. Yeah, he he takes a lot of. You did warn things. me about this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I think before we got into the series, I was like, "Do be warned, you're not gonna get the first few issues." Yeah, yeah. And and any Grant Morrison book, you're just not gonna get it. He takes the most obscure characters and the most obscure concepts and starts fleshing them out for no reason, and then like way down the line, you're just like, ah. Oh. That's why he did it, and he's gonna connect all those dots for you. Yeah, and that's when like that's when like that big like eureka moment happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this this series is very much shaping out to that because they've already talked about those uh, those um, clone lanterns. Yeah, well, yeah. The, um, the what did you call them earlier? The what did I call them? Some yeah, whatever lanterns. Duplicate uh, lanterns. I don't know. <laughs> I forgot oh. what <laughs> I forgot the term you used. But anyways, those lanterns. And now this time, this time around, they're talking about the idea of harnessing sort of like pretty immense power, mm-hmm. right? And they got that from taking um, Volstar's uh, wristlet, like his, his band. His, 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 his like wrist ring thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now it's like those guys are smuggling weapons. They're, they're selling weapons, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. selling an army. Yeah. So I think that's all going to be like they're building their own lantern core yeah i think you know yeah. and alternate dimension landers i think is what I oh call yeah, yeah, it. yeah 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 so like they're building their entire like they're building an entire lantern core mm-hmm. and i think they're they're advertising and selling it as weapons yeah. to arms dealers out there mm-hmm. right and, and like intergalactic arms dealers so yeah for this like i feel like it's it's going to shape up into one of those things where it's just gonna get really like it's gonna stay. It'll make wacky sense in the next couple the of issues because yeah. it's like they they have this huge giant concept at the end. Yeah, and now they're just they're taking little slices of it and building issues out of them. Yeah, and then eventually when they piece it together, then you're like ah, oh, 
the I think the that best way sense. to think about it is that they're giving us uh they're giving us a recipe and they're giving us the ingredients and then they'll slowly cook the final dish. But not telling us what the dish is. Yeah, not telling yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like it was it's just like uh it's just like uh, grandma's cooking. You never know what grandma's gonna cook. Yeah, you just when you when throw you come home, the pot and, then, up, and, and then and then you just eat it. <laughs> That's it. Um, and then you're just like, oh yeah, yeah, this is yeah. Okay, this, there we go. All right. When at the end of the issue, when when the Earth got abducted, yeah, that confused me. I was just like, <laughs> how did nobody notice that these guys were coming? You have the whole Justice League <laughs> on Earth. You have the Watchtower. Teen Titans, the Titan Tower, nobody noticed. <laughs> like, Earth has gotten a pretty short end of the stick in a lot of the recent uh, story arcs. Yeah. It, and it, Superman it didn't, like, go into the it went into zone. It went into the Phantom Zone. Yeah. And then you had the whole Drowned Earth thing going on with yeah. Earth. Uh, and then even previously, when <laughs> when the Earth was a, was a white lantern all of a sudden, mm-hmm. a lot of things uh, a lot of things happening. When it was being subjugated to the ultraviolet lanterns. Yes. A lot of things. How did nobody notice that this was going to happen? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even even when they did that with uh, Bendis' run in Superman, when the Earth got transported to the Phantom Zone. How did nobody notice? I even th- I think I even asked that in that episode, too. <laughs> how did no one notice that this was happening? Yeah, yeah. Like, like a giant spaceship is coming. It's clearly here to abduct Earth because I think that was the intention when um, they were doing the arms deal with the wrist uh, wrist uh, rings. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, when they, uh, I forgot what the the species of uh, those guys were called. I don't recall. I think they were called. Uh, now it's bothering me, so now I gotta go find it. <laughs> um, because they they asked specifically, like you know, in what currency we deal with. So, which tells me that... Um, oh, right, 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 yeah. Which tells me that the Earth was abducted with the purpose of using that as payment, mm-hmm. right? Um, they were called... Again, there's another abstract race of people that... Well, we can't call them people. Uh, <laughs> they're called... Um, do they even tell us? I thought they told us. I don't think they did, actually. Oh, I thought I for some reason I I thought the uh, I thought they did. I know the guy's name is Volgar Zo. Yeah. So yeah, he's he so yeah, they abducted Earth I think with the intention of paying the the black stars mm-hmm. for the for the wrist uh wrist weapon. Yeah. I don't know. It, I still don't get how they didn't see it coming. <laughs> Look, they could see the earth in this guy's eyes. Yeah, like it's just like, <laughs> like you don't think Batman would have been like, uh, something's coming. <laughs> it's like if you can see us, I we can probably see for you. sure. We can, see, yeah. Like it's, you're telling me that they it's not an ostrich situation here. You're telling me they were able to deal with a whole slew of of uh, ocean gods, <laughs> and they can't see a bunch of aliens coming in a ship. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's like the most far fetched thing for me. <laughs> now the other thing is. If something just straight up tampered with the way the ring works. So how Jordan really isn't at Earth. Uh, yeah, okay. But I, then the way this is set up with yeah. the aliens, you absolutely have to think of it that way. Yeah. But I think, what if it's not, 
right? So, you know. I mean, fair enough. I think that's for sure a possibility. Um, the chances of that is pretty It's slim. pretty low, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, it's like one of those like backdoor things where like they could. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm still trying to make sense of all of this in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be possible. I think the way that uh, Grant Morrison writes is you're just really just meant to enjoy the story. Just read it. And then it'll all make and sense. And then it'll all make sense yeah. near the end. Yeah. But just read it and you just have to trust him. I think that's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't <laughs> really think... failed us so far. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, you're right. And it's one of those, I think, like, by the by arc's end or a couple arcs later type of thing where all of a sudden we'll have an episode where it's just like, dude, we have to go through all the theories. Yeah. And then that's when it's all going to start coming together. Yeah. Because, I mean, as as we cover Green Lantern moving forward, like, it, we're really, it's, we're just recapping it. That's all we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's literally just going to be a recap. Uh, not too much theorizing because I don't think the the way that the writing is done will allow for that too much. Mm-hmm. And then you just talk about it all at once. <laughs> <laughs> once the uh, big reveal issue happens. <laughs> <laughs> they would do the big Green Lantern episode. Yeah. Or just like, let's talk everything. Everything Lantern everything related. <laughs> We're going to go all the way back to Blackest Night. This is what he's referencing here. <laughs> <laughs> that may be too far back, but yeah, all <laughs> Ten the way years back. ago, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think that's pretty much that for Green Lantern. Yeah, I think so too. Um, because, yeah, like you said, there's just not a whole lot to go off of. Yeah. Right? All just all jumbled right now mm-hmm. so let's go on to our last book of the of the week and it's god of war number two it's written by chris roberson art by tony parker not the basketball player colors oh. by dan jackson and letters by uh, josh rochelle thought it was tony parker huh? <laughs> <laughs> not him <laughs> so uh, um I like this issue. Good book. I really like this issue. Um, it's not like crazy mind blowing, but I think it uh, gives a lot of insight uh, into uh, Kratos shortly, shortly before uh, the most recent game. Mm-hmm. Um, also gives a lot of insight into Atreus, and not only what. Not only what Atreus is at this point of the story and, and what he's capable of, but also what Kratos really thinks about him, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, an important fact to point out in this issue. Because we know in, in, in the games, we know that he cares for Atreus. It just doesn't come off very well, mm-hmm. right? And then in this issue, we get a... We get a more of a reason as to why he treats him the way that he does, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And but you also see here like him sort of praising Atreus a little bit too. Yeah, like, when Atreus comes up yeah. with like a good suggestion. Like, yeah, and 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 that's the whole thing. He's like, really trying. I think Kratos wants to do that more often with Atreus and you know he does it again here and there in the game mm-hmm. more so near the end mm-hmm. um, but I think the idea is that if he treats him a particular way it makes him tougher yeah right and that's what he wants for Atreus like he wants him to 
be tougher as an individual because he yeah exactly (laughs) because he knows that at some point like he's gonna have to be on his own yeah and i think he's just preparing him for that moment Mm -hmm. yeah and uh might might come sooner than later well based on the game yeah based on the game game, is coming very soon (laughs) Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I do like the moment in this book where he goes through his stages of anger. Yeah. And he actually started outlining exactly what he was going to start doing. Yeah. And he's like, nope, nope, let me calm down. But I'm not going to do he's that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then you see it in his eyes. Like you see it in his face and his yeah. eyes. Like he struggled. He yeah. struggled really hard. And mm-hmm. now he's, it has taken a toll on him. Yeah. Right. Like it's not just him calming down. It's not just just him saying something calmly. Like it took a toll on him mm-hmm. to suppress that rage, which right? is crazy because like now that puts into perspective what anger means for Kratos, mm-hmm. what anger does to him. Because with when it's easier for you to just be angry and just to go and wail out than it is for you to suppress your anger and to try and be rational about things that just goes to show like how crazy your anger must be Mm -hmm. for it to be that way yeah right for sure so yeah i think that was illustrated really well um him sort of praising atreus i think that was done really well it was a good moment yeah and then we get the end where he goes and sees um baba ganoush (laughs) (laughs) And he goes and sees the seer, and who's basically Baba. Who's basically Baba. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that, um, I know the secrets of you, um, the gods, Kratos, the God Slayer, and I know the secrets of the Beastmen. And it's so funny because that there's that final panel that shows Kratos' reaction to all that information, and he's just shocked. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he's like. <laughs> he's shocked that she but I'm like you've out of all the things that you've had to deal with in your whole life Kratos this is the one thing that's shocking to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm just like uh, uh, come on <laughs> maybe he hasn't seen something to this uh, extent in a little while which is probably why he's surprised yeah maybe, maybe. but I'm just like like bro like you fought Zeus man <laughs> <laughs> but it's like he should have known because he said that like he said that um, that his wife would like visit her hut, right? Yeah. Oh, was that Atreus that said it? Uh, Atre- uh, he said it. He, he said it. Right? He said it that because uh, he he knows that his wife, uh, he's Faye, seeks her counsel quite a bit. Yeah. But he just doesn't like her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So he knows about the seer. He yeah. Knows he knows where she, he knows what she's all about. Yeah. So so yeah, she then proceeds to tell him. That she knows the secrets of the Beastman. And I think from our discussion from last week, we were talking about... Not last week, the last time we talked about this book. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how it's it'll be cool if those characters had something special, like some sort of mythology built to them. Yeah. Right? And as much as we want to just see like sort of the relationship between the characters develop, it will be cool to see what the Beastman can actually bring to the table. So... In this in this issue where she tells him that she knows their secret, it's like, okay, they're building up a part of mythology that we didn't get from the game. Yeah. Right? And I think that's what 
we were saying how they can build on the world that is already existing and they can continue yeah. to build mythology yeah. into the world. I mean, not that we would get it in the game anyway. We Ex- never yeah. see those characters in the game. But just like you said, like it's it's a good opportunity, yeah, to build on the mythos a little bit, right? Like we we want to know more about mm-hmm. the these new Nordic lands that they're traversing, right? It's obviously it's not it's not the Nordic lands that we know it as right so it's up to them to to sort of uh build it within the context that they want to build it in Mm -hmm. and then explain it to us right yeah yeah yeah. um and i think they're doing a great job um i think uh the introduction of the beastmen was interesting uh i think baba is very interesting (laughs) i think we'll have to see what baba is all about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see if she'll bring Goku back to life and oh jeez how- <laughs> but welcome to the all things Dragon Ball podcast <laughs> I'm your no kidding <laughs> I'm your host Goku <laughs> but yeah it, it'll be interesting to see and especially if in the game in the future they release like a DLC or something and then they're oh, just oh like, and then this is the and DLC? it's just it's, it's the uh, werebears yeah but like no it's something else completely different but it's like werebears in the background. Just like ancillary enemies for you to fight. But yeah. then every time you fight them, just Kratos just gets angrier and he fights them with like just absolute rage. You're like, mm-hmm. now I know why. Yeah. <laughs> now I know why he's so angry to us. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty violent to them. Oh, yeah. Well, like, he, he oh, and the, More bear, so in the last issue. but He bear hugged a bear so badly. Yeah. <laughs> it cracked the bear's spine. It crushed him. It crushed the bear, which is crazy. But I'm just like, dude, are you surprised? Like the guy f- in the game, <laughs> the guy flips a whole city upside down. Okay, all right. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Okay, does it I really you shock do. you? <laughs> does it really? I just, it's cool to see him bear hugging a bear. Okay, I mean, yeah, if that's the yeah, reason why, that's, yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be surprised he broke his spine by yeah, hugging yeah, him, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember who the final enemy was in God of War? Which one? Four. Oh, the one oh, the, that was Fre- just played? Freya just turns into a giant oh, yeah, 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 rock yeah, yeah. monster. Oh, I thought you were talking he, about like, he a previous one. And fights her successfully. Yeah. And you're surprised he breaks up someone's spine. <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on, Jerry. Jeez. Come on, Jerry to bear. <sighs> We're just sorry talking about some Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so is there um, anything you want to add to God of War? I think that's. I think we're about covered that. I think we. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's not a story that we're gonna get to theorize a lot of things about. We're yeah. not gonna get to talk a lot about uh, what's going on. Again, it's one of those stories where it's kind of a recap, mm-hmm. right? And then we'll throw in our thoughts here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly no Batman issue. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's built up to be that way. Either. No, exactly. So, no, it's it's just it's literally it, meant it is, to just add fun. lore. Yeah, and it's fun. It adds lore. You know. But you know, it's it's, it's a great read. Like. I, I like yeah. the way that it's being written, and and um, if you're going to write a story that adds more things to an already existing world, this is the way to do it. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> not a knock against the Stranger Things series. Yeah. It's but the first two issues were just. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. it's not the way to do it, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I think we went into pretty extensively why that was. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I think that pretty much uh, wraps up the comics portion of this segment. So let's go ahead talk about some of that coffee we'll be having. So what do you think so far, Jerry? Smooth, smooth. Okay, smooth. smooth. Now the first flavor I got immediately after I drank it, orange peels. Okay, 
Orange. I do taste that. I do also do get dried fruits. Okay. Like uh, orange peel is pretty dry. Like, well, yes, yeah, or it can be not dry. Freshly peeled orange peels. Still dry. <laughs> Still dry. Are you getting any um, sort of chocolatey notes? Not really. Not, not really. Much chocolate. No. Hmm. Are you? A little bit. But would you really classify that as a as a flavor note at that point? Then, like, it's just. Well, I mean, the card usually does. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm so, not getting the chocolate. So we're gonna go with dried fruits, uh, orange, orange peel. peel, and getting a third one. As a I want to say some sort of, some sort of nut. Hmm. Almost like a walnut. walnut. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say walnut. Okay, so let's go with that then. Dried if we fruits. get walnut, boy. Oh. All right, you ready for this? Let's do it. Oh, wow, really? Tangerine and peach. Those are the only two flavor notes. Hmm. Tangerine, so you got okay. the orange, Yeah. right? Yeah. Peach, dried fruits, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's close. <laughs> you can just keep saying dried fruits at that point and just take any fruit they do and just yeah. be like, you know, just dehydrate it. Yeah, just, just dehydrate uh, it's a dried fruit. Yeah. It's a dried fruit. <laughs> Peach, though, really? Huh. I'm still not getting that. I'm not getting peach at all. Yeah, not hmm. getting peach at all. Now it could be because it's like, it's like colder now. Yeah, that could be but, the reason. Yeah, I'm not getting peach at all. But overall, like this is... It's a really good coffee. Like mm-hmm. I think that um, because it's because it's so light in its flavor notes, and because it's so smooth, like you can really, really enjoy this at uh, at all times of the day and in high quantities. <laughs> yeah, the tangerine is pretty refreshing, and it's it is pretty obvious there. Yeah, I it hit me more of the peel portion yeah. of it. Yeah, and not so much the sweetness of yeah. you know. So, like for me. Like that one is more obvious, but the peach, like yeah, but peach is like I guess peach is like peach like in itself in is a very subtle flavor. Yeah, so peach so, would be overpowered by the tangerine anyway. Yeah, so like I mean I'm not experienced enough to pick up any of any subtle notes, so we're we'll keep working at it. Well, <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> Imagine one day it was just like there's one blueberry, just one, <laughs> just one. one, one blueberry. You gotta you gotta figure it out. <laughs> That was a specific taste. No, just one. one just blueberry. one blueberry. It's like, how do you... It's like, okay. <laughs> it's not blueberries. It's one blueberry. One blueberry. <laughs> I, would be, I would be shocked if we got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I think that pretty much concludes the uh, the comics discussion. Yeah. And uh, why don't we go ahead, let's hit up our boardroom. I feel like we're being called up again. And uh, let's go recruit somebody. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go take, our, our, take a look at our new recruit. Our new recruit. For the Humble Heroes Agency. Here we go. <laughs> Ding. And we've arrived at the boardroom. For the Humble Heroes Agency, we're back at it again as the recruits are lining up at the door. Hopefully they uh, haven't been waiting too long for us. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Because the segment did run long previously. Maybe they have. <laughs> but we'll see. It's probably like, where are these guys? Like, 
I know these guys are all very eager to become humble heroes. Yes. And to fight off evil and to ward off evil from society. Okay, so, Victor, what, uh, what recruit do we have lined up? Well, here in front of us, we have his alias is Big Kev. <laughs> Big Kev? Big Kev is a superhero with the ability to grow to titanic size, giving him incredible strength and stamina. Kevin Batterson's past is rather vague and unclear, with relatively little known about it. Kevin himself is rather unclear on this subject, and seems to directly avoid talking about it. While there are loose and unsupported suggestions that his parents were killed by some unknown organization, the few details available seem to be rather contradictory and somewhat nonsensical. So basically no one knows anything about this guy. Okay. <laughs> he's just he's just there. <laughs> What is known is that Big Kev's first exploded onto the Millennium City superhero scene a year ago, suddenly appearing as he grew to his full size to stop an attempted armored car heist. With one swing, he took out Superfluous Man 2. We're going to have to read up more on that. Superfluous Man? <laughs> yeah. And a half dozen of his duplicates before they could even respond. Within the next few days, he appeared several more times across the city, finding criminals while helping others. Despite his mysterious past, he fits in rather well with the rest of the superhero community. His boisterous yet friendly nature made him easy to get along with, as well as his eagerness to work with others to fight crime and help protect the city. All right, so he just seems like just like a regular nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good, you know. You need some nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. So far, he's not... It's not really standout-ish, <laughs> other than the fact that he can grow to ginormous sizes. Let's talk about his um, appearance so that our listeners can get an idea. His appearance. Kevin <laughs> is an average-looking man okay. in his early <laughs> 20s with uh, short-cropped black hair and blue eyes. He speaks with a rather thick Australian accent. As Big Kev, he wears a rather startling mint green. <laughs> it's startling. Startling. Mint green and purple costume with a giant letter K on the chest. <laughs> and you can okay. actually see in the picture too. That's exactly what he that's looks exactly like. That's exactly just he looks like he looks like a, a chocolate like a mint chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> like, but with purple. But, but with purple instead of brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's or, yeah, he uh, looks very minty. <laughs> or mint chocolate chip ice cream, I think is probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> Okay, okay, I see what you mean. All right. Or so, reverse eggplant. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, reverse eggplant, exactly. Actually, that's a better way to, better way to put it. Uh, personality. Big Kev is rather boisterously enthusiastic and not afraid to let the world know it. He tends to leap into battle without thinking while shouting encouraging battle cries to his allies. At the same time, he will announce everything he does to his opponents, allegedly in order to intimidate them. In his gigantic form, he is the same, only much louder. <laughs> Even when out of his costume and in his civilian identity, Kevin is rather loud and outgoing. He seems to approach everything with the utmost enthusiasm and glee, and is not afraid to let everyone around him know just how he feels. Oddly enough, when questioned about his past, he tends to be rather elusive, often changing the subject. This is especially true of his powers. He often offers some excuse, such as, "Well, I have them, and I'm on our side, and I'm on your side. That's all that counts," and drowning out all else in a bout of hysterical laughter. <laughs> so he just doesn't want to talk about anything. <laughs> very mysterious. He's a mysterious. He's actually. like, he's kind of like All Might. 
Okay, yeah. All okay, Might I see is what you very okay. All Might from My Hero. My Hero. <clears throat> My Hero Academia. Academia. Yeah. yeah. He's he's very much like All Might because All Might never talks about his powers either. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he just keeps saying everything will be fine. Why? Yeah, Cuz I'm here. Yeah, and then starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he starts laughing. Yeah. yeah. So actually, yeah, he's very much an All Might type of character. Um <laughs> powers Okay. By, by shouting the command words, I'm excited. <laughs> Big Kev gains the ability to grow many times his original size. At peak, Big Kev can reach about 18 meters tall, some 10 times his original size, while his strength increases exponentially. Unlike some others who exhibit similar powers, Big Kev does not seem to have any difficulty with maintaining his size. He can also scale his growth to reach different sizes in between with similar scaling of his strength. At full size, Big Kev is able to lift well over 100 tons. Furthermore, his stamina increases to incredible levels, making him very resilient. The exact origins of these powers, however, are something of a mystery. However, the fact is is that Big Kev uses a command phrase to activate them suggests that they may be mystical. Hmm. So so he's like a so he's like an All Might version Shazam. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Because he has command words. <laughs> I'm excited. Can you imagine someone yelling down there? I'm excited. <laughs> and he just comes trucking through the street. <laughs> what what a phrase. <laughs> so I think I think very much we've recruited the uh the tank of the of the team. Of the team. Yes. Yeah. We we are we are here at uh the humble, our humble Hero agency. We are we are here making our own Avengers squad. We are. And we are making them very much to the typical RPG tropes of the Trinity of tank, DPS, and healer. Yes. So I think we're going to need to look for a healing type superhero (laughs) at some point soon. And (laughs) this is very much our tank. Instead of naming our team Avengers, however, they are named after our slogan, uh, Beans. (laughs) Brave and exceptionally average (laughs) nondescript superheroes. (laughs) And I think a big Kev fits the bill. <laughs> Very much fits the bill. <laughs> Very much. Um. <laughs> so, so what do you say? Are, are we are we giving uh, Big Kev? Uh, are we allowing him into our humble hero agency? Are we allowing him into Beans? I think so. I think so. I, I think Big Kev will be a pretty fun guy to have around. All right, Big Kev, congratulations! You are now part of Beans. Uh, <laughs> your your membership card will will come in the mail shortly. <laughs> <laughs> shortly, yes. <laughs> Good recruit, man. Good recruit, Victor. Yeah, so so far we have Big Kevin and Clench Joe. This Big. is a, this is a very exciting team. <laughs> we're just gonna be. What we're doing here is we're just churning out teams. Yes. <laughs> so that the uh, the villains just don't know what's coming. They just they just keep getting teams to deal with, and they don't know how to how to stop it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so I think that pretty much wraps up the Humble Heroes Agency segment. And we want to let you know that next two weeks will be off because of the Christmas holidays, um, whether you celebrate it or not. It is the holidays, so we will be taking two weeks off. And we hope to see you the, the following week after. And we know that there's going to be a lot of books to cover during those two weeks. So... Although I do think on Christmas, I was looking at some of the schedule. The Christmas release schedule is very light. 
Okay. Yeah. So it's giving us a chance. It's giving us a chance. <laughs> I'm not sure about New Year's, but I know Christmas release schedule is pretty light. So it's it'll give us a good chance to catch up when we come back. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we hop onto the Cosmic Treadmill. Don't see much because we're off for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but we do hope, you, you know, have a very have a very happy and relaxing and restful holiday. Enjoy your holidays, you people. Know? Enjoy, Enjoy it. it. Enjoy it. You may not celebrate Christmas, but the spirit of the holidays is here, a.k.a. just enjoy not working i guess if <laughs> if, if you're not working <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and i think for yeah for the most part a lot of people wrap their sort of a holiday schedule yeah into this one right so yeah, exactly. you know get like an extended break or something like that, <laughs> right <laughs> okay so i think that pretty much concludes the episode so we thank you for tuning in we hope you enjoyed this episode remember if you like what we do on this podcast Make sure to hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and amongst all the other podcast providers. So remember, rate, leave us a review on iTunes if you have some time. You know, just let us know what you think about this show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book you want us to discuss on this show, make sure to email us at contact at darkgrosscomics.com. You can also find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkgrosscomics. You can find myself at twitter.com slash sharethebear52. And you can find my co-host Victor at twitter.com slash victorjyoung. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkgrosscomics. And you can find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash darkgrosscomics. And if you want to be a part of the community, you can find us on our Facebook group at darkgrosscomics group. And as always, take care. Happy holidays. We'll see you in 2019.